Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Soroffect Sports, proud supplier of all the merchandise for five-star imports and fourth and inches podcast. Please check out our website out silverfx.co.uk where you'll find plenty NFL UK fan clubs and lots of other different podcast merchandise we do. Please check it out guys. Just a couple throws that he'd like to have back. Trevor Stefanski's going for the knockout punch fourth and inches. Good evening and welcome to the fourth NHS podcast with your hosts Stuart Love, Sukti Puni, Ryan Edwardson, and Alex Grazier. Everybody and welcome once more to the fourth and inches podcast. We're just a few days away from the NFL draft 2021, and so we're back again to hit you up with everything you need to know about the NFL before the big day. And joining me today is our newest member of the podcast. It's Alex Grazier. Alex, we didn't scare you off first time round. Oh no, it's beautiful. I mean, having Stuart, having Stuart Love on the podcast, it's so hard not to insult him about the Steelers. No, you guys were all welcoming, all brilliant, and you know what? It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Good, we're glad to have you back. How have things been going in the last couple of weeks? It's been good. Obviously, uh, very excited for the draft, uh, buzzing for it. Although, even though it's a very long process, you're still looking forward to what's going to happen in draft trades, who your team's going to pick. But yeah, excited for the season to start. Excited for the draft to start, and hoping for the best. That all sounds good. I think we might have a few surprises come draft day, but we'll see how things change in the next few days. Uh, just for anybody that missed us last time, Alex is a Patriots fan, so I'm just going to leave three seconds of dead air for you to boo him and get it out of your system. <laughs> and now we can get along and talk about the NFL, and it's all good. It's fine. So, as I said at the top of the show, we're a few days away from the draft, and we'll be doing a, a quick look now at things from an NFL point of view. If you need any more draft data, hopefully you've been listening to our sister podcast, the college podcast here on the 4th and Inches Network, and they are telling us everything you need to know about the draft already. The boys will be dropping their final mock draft later on in the week, so if you're wondering who your team's going to take in those first few rounds, definitely get listening to that. But... Before we get to that, there's been a bit of pre-draft trading going on, which is always fun. The big one at the moment between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and Alex, I want to get your thoughts on this. The Kansas City Chiefs trade first, third, and fourth round picks this year, and a fifth round pick in 2022 in exchange for offensive tackle Orlando Brown and Baltimore's second pick this year, and a sixth rounder in 2022. Wow. A lot there. (laughs) There's a lot. I mean, as the Chiefs are going all out to fill out what probably was, people were thinking were going to be a weak spot a couple of weeks ago. What did you make of this trade? Yeah, I mean, first of all, from the start, the Ravens didn't have really much of a choice. Uh, Brown was drafted in 2018, and he'd started at right tackle since his rookie season. I mean, he consistently improved and even entered last season amongst like the best players in his position. But he was forced to move to left tackle after, you know, pro bowler Ronnie Stanley suffered a, the, the leg injury. And he had no intentions of returning to the right side. So he demanded that trade in order for him to go to a team that would allow him to do so. And I think that's the Chiefs. And 
I like what the Ravens get out of it. I mean, they can set themselves up with a cheap right tackle whilst also having another first round pick to, you know, obtain a weapon for Lamar because they desperately needed a pass catcher. And from the feet, from the Chiefs point, from the Chiefs point of view, it, it just made a lot of sense. I mean, their left tackle was their biggest need. And from nearly every mock draft, there wasn't one that fell to number 31 that could protect the blind side of half a billion of dollars. That is Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are getting a proven starter. Fills a huge hole on the left side of that offensive line after they uh, released Eric Fisher. With the major additions of Joe Tooney, a left guard, it's it looks like a bright future for the Chiefs. It really annoyingly does, doesn't it? I mean, this is... the. The worst thing for anybody else in the AFC is the Chiefs about, what, six weeks ago, people were like, oh, oh, they've not got anybody on their offensive line. Look what happened in the Super Bowl without them. You know, the, uh, there's no Fisher anymore. What's going to happen? Boom. Six weeks later, they've got an all-star uh, offensive line. They've got Lauren Duvnay-Tardif probably coming back. The Lu- Lucas Niang, who opted out last year, coming back. Like... <laughs> It's like you said, you've got to protect your franchise. Their franchise is Patrick Mahomes. This is absolutely perfectly played by the Chiefs. And it does make sense for the Ravens as well. Uh, Orlando Brown had requested a trade, like you said. He quite liked being in left tackle rather than right tackle. Fair enough. And I think having all these draft options probably helps out the Ravens a lot more than the Chiefs needed them. The Chiefs needed a couple of extra bits and bobs to fit into their line to take them to the take them to the title. The Ravens really needed a, a little bit more than that, I think, coming into this year, didn't they? Yeah, totally agree with you there. Totally right. Well, I mean, that, that was that was the biggie at the moment anyway. Um, I'm sure in the next couple of days before we hit the draft, there'll be a, a few uh, thrills and spills and we'll see what comes. But in other NFL news, we got uh, the first lot of rule changes were handed down. I think there might be a few more before the season starts, but... Um, the owners of the competition committee have all agreed on a few rule changes coming through into the NFL this year. The first one that kind of did happen but didn't happen is the Sky Judge. Given uh, how the Premier League has messed up VAR and the NFL messed up challenging all the DPIs a couple of years ago, probably not the worst thing that there's not going to be a, an omnipotent Sky Judge, I don't think, this year. Mm. However, the NFL is instead going to allow a lot more formal communication between replay officials and on-the-field officials. It's something that they've kind of shied away from over the past few years. Um, do you think this has got to be a step in the right direction, doesn't it, Alex? Exactly. I mean, the whole the whole idea of it was for the correct calls to be called. I mean, there was there was rarely any contact between the on-side officials and the officials in the booth. There was there was a lack of there was a lack of contact between those two. So I'm glad I'm glad the NFL is stepping in that right direction. So we're able to get more plays that are called a lot more better and a lot more efficiently. So it's not like a VAR VAR situation that's happening over here with football. Oh man, VAR it's just I don't know how you can go so far over wrongly over the line. All we want is for something that's obviously wrong to be picked up and go, hang on a minute, have a look at that. I mean, we're talking the DPIs against the the Saints a couple of years ago. That sort of something that's blatantly obvious. And, and it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, hopefully this will allow a little bit more hindsight and for people just to, to double back and get some of those major things correct. Uh, the other major rule change is about onside kicks. So since 2018, when the last kickoff rule changes 
came into place that were aiming to make kickoffs safer. And um, so having the receiving team set up much closer to the kicking team to avoid bigger collisions. This has resulted in onside kick recoveries dropping by more than half. There were 67 attempts at an onside kick last year. Guess how many were recovered, Alex? I think about 35. No, three. Three. Oh. Three successful onside kick recoveries. Wow. It, is, it makes it pretty much pointless, doesn't it? But we're, we're down to uh, something like 8 or 9% over the since the rule change ridiculous the Indianapolis Colts were amazing at onside kicks they used to be they used to be the best I mean with especially with Pat McAfee used to used to be one of the best uh, it's it's there for a reason I mean we saw in the the Saints Colts Super Bowl it's one of the first ones I ever watched how an onside kick out of nowhere can change a game and the the kickoff rule changes have really negated that a bit so it I'm glad to see um, some things coming in, but I'm not sure this is really going to help redress the balance too much. So the only change that's actually going to be made is the receiving team can only have nine players within what is known as the setup zone. So close to the kicking team, it's kind of a trying to balance out how many players can be there from the receiving team to, to catch the onside kick versus the kicking team who are trying to recover possession. Will it work? I don't know. I think a lot of people really are waiting for this fourth and 15 that's been touted for the past couple of years. It got brought up by the Eagles again this year, but knocked down again. I don't know. I think it's going to be a good five years before somebody really decides they want to try this. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I really like the fourth fourth and 15 idea. I mean, the defence is as a defensive coordinator, you're questioning, oh, do I go into a nickel package? Do I go into a dime package, et cetera, et cetera. And as an offense, you could do so many plays with that fourth and fifteen. There's and it might it might add to the playbooks. It might add versatility. It might it might actually be re- real real fun be- for the fans because there's an actual chance. Like you said with the statistics statistics for the onside kick, it's very rare. There's it's successful, but we notice with fourth downs in normal games that it can happen. Fourth and ten, fourth, mm-hmm. fourth and inches, even. Yeah, so, it's just about that chance, isn't it? It's about it making that opportunity for a sporting moment that we can all sit there and enjoy. Um, and I think as the game evolves to be more health and safety conscious, which it does need to do, you do have to wonder about these sorts of things where it's negate completely negating things like onside kicks, which make the, the sport more exciting. So hopefully they can keep evolving the rules. Um, then the the final big rule change that everybody seems to be here, either up in arms or loving, it's tradition be damned. The limitations on jersey numbers have been lifted. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, linebackers, they've opened up whatever whatever numbers you 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 want. Uh, you can get down to the single digits. I think those I think those guys are limited towards uh, is it one to fifty. It's. To me, it just means buying more jerseys and a bit more merchandise being sold. From somebody who plays the game, Alex, what, what are your thoughts on this? It's I, I hate it. I might be in the minority here, but I absolutely hate it. So the numbers previously made it easier for the quarterback and the offensive line to identify one player as a DB and as another as a linebacker. So if those two positions can be wearing the same number it just adds a whole new complexity to the pre-snap process. 
and it's going to be even harder to tell who's blitzing and who's not. So the quarterback is going to be in a vast array of just questions in his head. So you're probably going to see a lot more sacks this year. I, for one, I'm not a fan of the rule. Just get that. I'm just stating that right now, but it will be interesting to see how it pans out next season. What I'm hearing is draft a fantasy defence within your first five picks of your fantasy draft this year. Defences will be all over the place. And if they're not, it's Alex's fault. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it, it actually was quite interesting to see why this came about. So it's actually uh, touted because of COVID. Uh, apparently teams were running out of numbers that players were eligible to pick because there were uh, more players on the practice squad and due to opt-outs and things like that, they, teams were running out of eligible numbers for certain position groups, which is quite interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's quite, that's quite nice. It, make, it does make a little bit more sense when you think of it like that, rather than just the NFL trying to get some cash, cash money. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's some of the rules to look forward to in oh, September. Oh, it feels so long away. It feels so long yeah. away now, doesn't it? But then it'll go in a flash once again. Exactly. You just got to hang in there, hang in tight. Once the draft's over, it's gonna go. It's gonna fly by. We just got a rough, rough couple of days, rough couple of weeks, and then it'll soon be puddles. Hopefully, we will all be able to get out and and watch a game live as well this year. All the international games coming up. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. My Patriots play as well. <laughs> oh well, you, it, it's definitely on the rumor mill at the moment. So you never know. It's been a few years since they've been over here. I think, hasn't it? Yeah. I don't, I've not seen him and I've been going to Wembley for the past five years or so and I've never seen the Pats come over. So we can but hope to watch them get absolutely smashed in Wembley. That'll be fine. Or that man to choke another game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. So we'll move on now to well, the elephant in the room. It's coming up at the end of the week. It's the NFL draft. As I said, our sister podcaster have got you covered for all things college, all things college players, all things draft. And we're now going to take a look at where do we think the teams are that, that really need to hit on this draft? And if not, they're going to be in trouble for the next year. So, Alex, you got any thoughts on who this is really a key draft for coming into 2021? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a surprising pick here. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them boys. I'm gonna take the cowboys. And I have just really nothing to say. They put up 40 points on the scoreboard and they just give up just as much. Their defense is it's it's not nice to watch. And I think if Jerry Jones doesn't is it Jerry Jones? Jerry yeah. Jones? Yeah, yeah. I think if I think if Jerry Jones isn't now this draft or like after his huge paydays, what from Zeke, Jalen Smith, Amari Cooper. And even Dak Prescott, then you're going to have some Cowboys fans really questioning the decisions of the organisation. And then especially when you've got Washington football team coming up as a nice team, you've got the Giants whose defence I think is criminally underrated. There will be no room for the Cowboys because we know this league is offensively driven. And if you can't defend against an offence, then you'll lose games like we did see last season. You cannot win a division if you let up 40 points a game. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys do, whether they take a cornerback or whatever. I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, they should hopefully have Dak back at full fitness. And then, like you say, you've got uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Surely, I mean, other than maybe a bit on the offensive line, they, they don't need to be looking too much at the, at the offense. And it, it's got to be that defense that really let them down quite a lot last year that, that they'll be going for. Uh, 
think I think it's going to be interesting to see what Denver do. I cannot see them sticking with Drew Locke any longer. But at the same time, it seems like such a Broncos kind of thing to do. <laughs> they're in a they're in a pretty good position to to take a quarterback this year. They're at seven, and there's a lot. This is a pretty deep quarterback class from from what I've seen previously. I mean, the chart even then you say that the Chargers got Justin Herbert what quite late on a couple of years ago. But I mean, they're at seven. There's there's going to be a quarterback there. I think if I'm Denver, I just go out and grab whoever's left on the board. It, at that point, I think you're a best player available. It's going to be a quarterback fitting into your system. Um, what do you think, Alex? Do you think Denver are going to stick by Drew Lock, or they're going to have to go? We have to make a reach for somebody this year. I mean, since since Manning, they've supposedly had decent quarterbacks, and look where they've led them. They've not really had a franchise quarterback since Manning, as I've said. But then Denver, I think, have got to go. Have got to go for a quarterback. I mean, their defense is quite nice. I quite like their secondary class. I think their defense is yeah. yet again like an underrated defense. And I mean, the offense, especially with uh, Jerry Judy, and then with the with the loss of with the loss of Philip Lindsay, I think you do need another offensive weapon to you know, support, make an offensive yeah. drive because offense is the main sort of set section in the NFL. You need an offense in order to succeed. And I think they need, they really need a quarterback. And I don't think you can pass up on a quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Justin Fields, I think they're going to have to go there. And if they don't tr- trade back a little bit, but and get so much talent, maybe the Patriots, I'm not too sure, but they've got to go for a quarterback. I think yeah, they, if they've either got to get a quarterback at seven or get out of seven, because otherwise you're just not you're not going to get the, enough value for your pick, considering who else is out there wanting a quarterback right now. Uh, I also think Carolina. Just it's obviously not gone quite as they wanted in terms of getting a quarterback for this season. I feel like they were kind of eyeing up to Sean Watson, but that's all on hold at the moment. They've ended up going in with Sam Darnold. Is he going to be the guy? Is he even going to be the starter? Who knows? But they, they're they in the middle of a rebuild. They, If they can hit on something here, considering they took all defensive players last year, I'd imagine they need to go out all out and get some sort of offensive weapon to push forward either that or just shore up that offensive line because you've got Christian McCaffrey and hopefully you should have Christian McCaffrey again after after last season so I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah no Chris I mean the Panthers I think they have like quite a bright future ahead I mean Christian McCaffrey I think their wide receiving cause just goes under the radar DJ Moore mm-hmm. uh, Anderson I mean I think they've got quite a nice offense and I mean in my personal opinion, if you trade for Sam Darnold, you're not going to pick a quarterback. And I think they might extend, they might even extend his, um, go for a fifth year option after the draft. Who knows? But I think it depends on who Denver picks. If Denver picks a quarterback, then are you going to, you might, you might end up having to trade, trade, I mean, trade down if you want and get a couple more picks and add, to, and add to your defense or add to your offense. But I think Carolina. I think Carolina really underrated team, especially with Jeremy Chin, who came out as a really good safety last year, who, in my personal opinion, got rubbed, got like robbed of rookie defensive player of the year. But it's it'll be interesting to see. 
How about your team, Alex? What do you think the Patriots are going to do? Well, there's reports that uh, the San Francisco 49ers are either eyeing up Trey Lance or Mac Jones and Justin Fields is not in the mix. So if Justin Fields falls, I don't. Because of Bill Belichick's aggressiveness, this, this free agency, I really wouldn't put it past the Patriots to go ahead for Justin Fields. I think you've got one of one of a couple of options here. You either trade up for that quarterback, you either you either stick with Cam and get a get an offensive weapon like Rashad Bateman for wide receiver, or you could even stay where you are at the fifteenth pick and get. Because what we got to think is this draft is going to be very offensive based for the first top ten picks. Mm-hmm. So if you've got the fifteenth pick, you're still going to have like the second best defensive player in the entire draft. So you can go for a Micah Parsons. You can even go for a potential J, uh, JC Horn uh, cornerback. So I think there's a lot of options to be for the Patriots. And I think that'll be interesting. But I do think we need to draft better in the first and second rounds. The fifth and sixth rounds, we are quite good at. But <laughs> Belichick doesn't have a good record in the earlier rounds. Oh, I mean, I'm just flicking through the, the draft positions at the moment. I'm like, there's a wait, there's a day one of the draft? I, I thought... All Seahawks drafts just start on day two for the past like 12 years or something ridiculous like that. People are getting these picks before we do. What's happening? Uh, um, I think the Tennessee Titans are at pick 22. And I I feel like they really do need to improve that defense on last year. That they've, they've kind of done a bit of a flip over the past couple of years. Their offense is so much better now. Uh, you've got Tannehill, you've got Derek Henry, you've got your, your deep threats. They have obviously lost Jonu Smith to yourselves, which could end up being quite a big, I feel probably bigger than, than a lot of people think, losing Jonu Smith there. But a lot of the problems they were having were simply they were getting into um, just throwing matches and they was having to outscore their opponents, which is very, very odd for the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, I think they, they probably need to hit quite nicely on whichever defensive player they go in for with their, their first round pick. Yeah, I'll having, you. having said that, I mean, looking back at you know the picks over the past what, three or four years, especially the top picks in the top ten, there's really not a great success rate, is there? <laughs> like, especially things like quarterbacks or these big, the big names that come out of the draft, it, the NFL can just churn you up and chuck you back out again. It doesn't matter where you drafted half the time. It's that there's so much made of the draft and especially the first couple of rounds, but it can easily be that, like you said, the back end, the fifth and sixth round picks that end up uh, supplanting and pushing your team a little bit further on. It's, I don't know. I'm just hoping that, you know, some big names come out of this and we don't end up just thinking, Oh, looking back in five years time, like, Oh yeah. Remember that guy that got picked fifth and like, we never saw him ever again. It's very cloudy ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, exactly. For, he was number one overall, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, just uh, and now went to the Titans went to the Titans because their defensive line needed that much help and rarely even played for them. Yeah, and ne- never got more than ten sacks. Asking for too much money. Doesn't want to turn up for training camp half the time. It's not a good combination at all, is it? Exactly. Anyway, it's going to be quite exciting. Are you staying up to see, uh, I mean, 15th pick's not too bad. I mean, that's going to be about, what, two, three o'clock, something like that? Yeah, after I hope, I'm hoping to trade up, not just because of the players, but because I can go to sleep afterwards. 
and then I can check up on the draft afterwards. I'm not a fan of staying up in the draft. I mean, we we usually we usually at the thirtieth sort of range. So I used to just not even watch it at all. But I think I'm going to watch it this year and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> Hopefully, you're hoping it's a novelty. You'll never have to do that again. Yes, I'm. I, if we get bottom twenty again, I'll cry. <laughs> Oh, such a young Patriots fan. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the benefits of being a Seahawks fan. You don't have to worry about the first day. Like, everybody else can stay up and get really, really excited. Exactly. We've got, like, we've got something like five picks this year. Not even. We'll never it's... have the first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the Rams fans can join us in this. So we're just taking the first day off. We'll see what happens. Everything will be fine. Anyway, we're going to uh, end on a little bit of a lighter note. And after having seen that the, the debacle of the European Super League attempted to be formed and then collapsing around the ears of the greedy chairman owners, have a little bit of a look on that. Um, what do you think is it, Alex, that stops a full franchise system being able to, to work over here in a sport that's a sport as, as widespread as football, our football? I just think the sport the sport needs to be more about the fans. I mean, take, take the NFL. The NFL is a franchise league. I think it's quite competitive because you have the thing called the NFL draft. So the teams that don't do well are actually the first pick in the draft. So it sort of negates that. And I think what's I think what's holding it back is it's a diff it's a difference. It's a lot difference between a franchise league and then a league where you have a chance of relegation and promotion to different other leagues. So I think that's the cultural difference is I think one thing that's setting them back. But I'm glad the European Super League didn't go ahead because you're trying to get the best of both worlds, the domestic the domestic playability of the Premier League, the FA Cup, and then having a whole whole league with their big European teams and not inviting others in. It's just, it's not good for football. No, I think it really does show just how ingrained the league structure kind of is, especially in football over here in Europe, across the way. There is that possibility that you can you can form a, a team from a Sunday league team and in 10, 15 years, you can be playing against at least in like championship league one level and you look at Wimbledon uh, FC United Salford all, all that sort of that level and the chairman have just thought uh, well you know we want to make a bit more money we'll, we'll cut everybody off we're the we're the big players everybody wants to watch us no matter what we'll make a, a special little European league of our own and we'll just make tons and tons of money by playing each other and not have to play by UEFA's rules I don't really agree with uh, UEFA being, coming out of this all, all shiny and squeaky clean because they've definitely got a lot of problems. Uh, the whole Champions League situation that's going on, the redressing it and they're going to make something like 25% more games played for the top teams across the, across the season. I don't think we really need that. We do need some sort of restructure, but it's just... The audacity of the the chairman to come out and say, "Well, you know, this, this works in America, but it, it, we'll just do it over here." It works in America because it's literally the only thing you have for all the sports. You you don't have a local team that you, you know, your granddad's been going to watch for 50, 60 years down the road or anything like that. That you you have you you have college, you have the NFL, you have the MLB, the NHL, the NBA, and it's set up that way. But and it's always been set up that way. You can't kind of try and eradicate history and then try and claim all the 
the pros of having this this franchise system. I I'm I'm a rugby league fan, and we have had about 15 different competition changes in our top competition over the past few years, which included a licensing system, a franchise system. There's been promotion, relegation, no promotion, no relegation, all that. Just just leave it alone. <laughs> Let everybody have a fair playing field. Let the teams that play the best go up, but the teams that that don't go down. It's 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 all just a bit ridiculous. Exactly. You can't change you can't change what's been enshrined in cultures for years, especially with teams like like Liverpool. That's why I was quite disappointed when Liverpool were going to join the Super well, had a letter of intent to join the Super mm-hmm. League. Think of the history. That's why it works in America, because their history has always been franchise leagues, like you've said. Yeah. And I just don't think you could do that over here in the UK. I mean, even you think about the poor fans in St. Louis when they had the, the Rams taken off them, uh, the San Diego Chargers are still going through the courts with some um, some fans trying to get um, litigation going up against the, the Spanoses. It, it's a very cutthroat, very kind of American way of doing things. And it just it just does not fly over the side of the Atlantic at all, does it? Yeah, totally right there, 100%. <laughs> Thankfully, it doesn't matter. Not going ahead anymore. Um, and we'll, we're left to enjoy our, our NFL. It's going to be it's going to be a tough couple of few days, I think, for you, Alex, waiting, waiting on that trade news. Every time your ESPN alerts go off on your phone, every, every time you hear the duh, 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 have the Patriots traded, have they not? I'm just going to uh, sit back. I'm going to sit back with a couple of beers, I think, and just watch it all unfold. The anticipations there. I'll get Bleacher Report notifications or NFL notifications. I'm just looking at my phone. <gasps> Have the Patriots traded up? And no, it's just some stupid quiz game or whatever. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski caught a ball thrown from a helicopter. Yay! <laughs> I have to throw that one in there for Sook. We know he's he's a book. It's all good. It's all good. So, thank you very much for joining me again, Alex. No worries. My pleasure. All good. Uh, the college boys should be dropping their final mock draft, uh, I think, about a day or so before the NFL draft comes out. So if you are wondering, oh, you know, I'm down at the bottom of the draft. Does it really matter who we pick? Yes, it does. Have a listen to, to Nick, Tristan and Souk. They are on it, as they always are. Get listening to that. And I'm sure we will be back with you once the draft has commenced. Thanks once again, Alex. Uh, take care, everybody.